split between realities and made up actualities a split world a split world thanks for stopping by the office although mike and bolin have years of experience answering questions and giving advice in the field of mental health they are not professionals and should not be a replacement for professional help unless you want to pay but they don't want your money and they don't know how to bill insurance. So, good luck. Just sit back and be present. They'll see you for your appointment now. Thank you for stopping back by the office for another episode of Mysteries of the Mind with Mike and Bolin. This is your host, Mike. And I'm your host, Bolin. And today we have a super, super awesome guest, um, Stephanie. I'll let Stephanie do her little bit of a, her own introduction here because uh, she's, I think, a little bit more personable, personable than me. Barely, barely, Mike. You're very personable. But <laughs> hello. Uh, my name is Stephanie Zakos. Um, I'm from Rochester, same hometown as these guys, I think. Bowen? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm from Greece. I'm a Greece kid. Um, but I moved out to Denver about two years ago, and I've been pretty open and candid about mental health throughout since college, probably, I'd say. Um, I've had my fair share of struggles, so I'm really excited to talk to you guys about that kind of stuff and just get to know you a little bit more throughout it. Yeah, for sure. We're super we're super excited to have you. I actually, so I, I mentioned this to Bolin. Like, I, um, I, the first person we had interviewed, me and Bolin had gone to, we had gone to high school with. Yeah. Um, and, and so when I told him about this, I was like, oh, no, 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 dude. Like, this is so great because um, I was telling him about how when I go on Facebook, yeah, I'm always greeted with either like this like really kind reminder from Stephanie, or just like this brilliant picture. She has this the cutest little is it a golden retriever? Yeah, he's hanging out right here. Just his name's Barney. It yeah. doesn't get any better than that. He's a big goofball, and I love him to death. Keeps me sane. <laughs> so okay, so Steph, what what? What moved you out to Colorado? I, I don't think I've ever, uh, I know you moved. Yeah. Was it work or just a lifestyle change or? Yeah, it definitely just was a lifestyle change um, in which, you know, has succeeded in some point. Like I don't get out into the mountains as much as I want to, like any Colorado uh, transplant. Um, but yeah, Colorado is amazing, obviously. Like I don't need to give it its own spiel but like mountains nature it just seemed a lot like I'm very like my attitude like the west coast kind of vibe like a lot chiller um I actually didn't know this it's actually like has over 300 days of sunshine per year which is amazing for mental health <laughs> for me in particular that sounds so nice. Yeah, <laughs> it has more sunshine than Miami. Oh my god! I believe that, and I, I was like, I don't believe it, but I think I yeah, have to. You don't believe it until you live here and you go outside and you're like, oh, the sun is strong, like, and you're a mile high, so it like burns you so much easier. So lots of sunscreen, lots of water. I think the first thing we ever talked about on the show, ever. Probably for the first like two or three episodes, we always started by talking about how awful the weather is in Rochester <laughs> and how we were just like dying for like just a little bit of warmth. <laughs> it definitely has its fair share of 
gray um snow obviously like it snows randomly like it's gonna snow tomorrow and it was like 75 degrees today and that's so typical of rochester so i think it was like a lot easier moving here than anywhere else like because i was like this is rochester just a little bit more sun like yeah nothing but game. a little better a little nicer yeah. a little nicer i mean a lot more beautiful like is that denver slogan we're yeah. like rochester but a little better oh my gosh it's hilarious what do you have to lose like a little <laughs> bit better half of the people that live here now are like buffalo natives so they get it like every time i like encounter somebody right. um they love the buffalo bills like all about it like and it's just so funny to connect with them in that way i'm always east coast for life though love my east coast love rochester like right. i actually plan on moving back um i don't know sometime soon um for whatever reason <laughs> um but yeah, I just, you know, miss family, the quarantine, coronavirus, whatever. Like it just kind of hit hit home, you know, maybe I should go home for a little bit. But Colorado is beautiful and I've really loved it and highly recommend it for anybody that likes to ski, smoke weed. Um, <laughs> um, I actually don't really smoke out here. Yeah, that's what brought me out of Colorado. Just like people are nice here. Yeah, way more laid back. Yeah, it's very laid back. Um, yeah, it's very nice. A lot people are very rich here, though. Like it's hard to keep up. (laughs) (laughs) So, Steph, I a quick question. Um, uh, what were you doing? Are you still working, or are you like me at this point? I don't have a job currently, and so, um, yeah, I'm just waiting it out. Maybe I'll go back to them once this is all over, but. Yeah, just living at home 24-7, one grocery store trip per week, multiple walks a day. Um, but yeah, it definitely is, a, I was just thinking about this the other day. I'm like, this is the weirdest time in my life. Like, this is absolutely the weirdest time in my life. Never been in a situation like this. And the funny thing is, is I think like you can even talk to, uh, as, as the children call them, boomers. Yeah, uh, right. You could talk to you could talk to like anybody. I mean, even my grandparents, you know, the only thing they can compare this to is like Vietnam, which yeah. is a little a little different. Just yeah. a bit. Just a bit. Bit. I mean, it's a little different. Yeah. Uh, 2008 would be a good example. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even then, like, I feel like it wasn't. Yeah. No. Like we might have been. This is like even a little bit more extreme. Um, like people were actually afraid of each other in 2008. Actually afraid of uh, not having toilet paper at this point. Did did, did Colorado, did you guys go through that? I don't know. People are weird here. Uh, They're like crazy. Um, I don't, I've not been able to find toilet paper. We cleaned out my car the other week and we found six rolls that I forgot to donate around Christmas time. So that's what we're doing. Thank God. Glad about that. I know, seriously, we found Clorox wipes, toilet paper, and, um, like, trash bags and stuff, and I'm like... That's the exact things people are needing right now. I'm like, well, yeah, like, why didn't I clean my car sooner? But I'm kind of glad I waited until now, like... (laughs) It was a good stuff, too. It was, like, Charmin double ply, like... (laughs) People are paying premium for that now. Definitely locked out there. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that everybody's behinds in your household are, are happy then. Yes, uh, that's, that's fantastic to hear. How about you guys? I, you know, I I haven't run too much into an issue with um, finding toiletries. 
Um, I'd say for like the first week, like when things first really hit, that was scary. It was it was actually a little scary. Yeah, when things like first happened, everything because no one was ready at all. Yeah, I think my mom was like, I don't even know what to do walking into Wegmans. Like, are they they have like that screen up? Like, yeah, they got that way faster than we did. But at least you guys, have, I mean, regardless of what people think about FOMO right now, like, I'm pretty glad that my family's in New York because they're actually, like, being taken care of to some extent. Like, Colorado's great. I love our governor. He's cool. But, um, you know, I really love, like, Cuomo's, like, really bluntness about everything. So, like, when my grandma listens to that, she actually gets scared and stays inside. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, Grandma, you got to get out of Florida. Florida, that guy does not care about you. He's not shutting down the beaches. Like, you need to get to New York. Our liberal governor will do you no harm. I promise. Would, <laughs> would he say my my mother isn't uh, expendable? expendable? My mother's not expendable. Neither is yours. My mom moved to Florida recently. And, yeah, she's told me about how, like, the guy down there was, like, opening beaches up. You guys ever seen Jaws before? <laughs> not, not, like, play, like, just, like, these clips. So there's like a famous there's a famous part in Jaws where the they're like with trying the to argue the sci- yeah scientist is like trying to argue with like the the mayor to like not open the beach and he's like no we need to open the beach because like people deserve it and it's like for swimming and I just thought immediately of like that scene from Jaws when I heard that the governor of Florida was like oh yeah come on down spring break oh, beaches are open he's like I'm not gonna do anything unless unless Trump tells me to do something I'm like are you not a governor like are you not have like that's your job like it's so crazy yeah Um, it's it's definitely a very strange time yeah it's Uh, very like polarizing and everything uh the world people all that stuff um and so one of the reasons that I, I really wanted to bring you on the show and that you actually touched base on right when we first started off mm-hmm. was um, I know me and you have talked in the past. And actually, I was telling Boland right before we started this that you're actually the one that got me into the job at the ARC, which I love. Yeah. It's amazing. Are you still there? Or? I, I, got into a big, I got into a car accident, actually. Okay. And I, I ended up having to get let go. So that kind of stunk. But Just a little um, yeah, just a little bit. Cool, <laughs> Whatever. Back. Whatever. We'll set back. Um, and that's a hard job to have when you're hurt. Yeah. I mean, it was just impossible. I couldn't even walk around. Yeah. Um, but one of the things you talked about is that you have struggled with um, mental health. Um, I I know I have. I know Bowen has personally. Um, speaking for myself, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, actually, uh, right after I had gotten into the car accident. Oh, um, yeah, I, I, I was struggling like really, really bad after the car accident, especially um, with just like being able to basically keep my head afloat above um, like suicidal thoughts um, and, and, and like self mutilation and stuff. Um, it, it was like a real struggle for me for a while. Um, and it actually got to the point where uh, the person I was seeing at the time was like, hey, look, like I can't. I can't yeah. do this anymore. It's too much. Um, and uh, that was like, that was kind of like a good tipping point though. I think sometimes yeah. I feel like you kind of need that, you know, is like for like that last little piece to kind of give so that you're just kind of like, I got to do something. Right. Exactly. I, Bowen, I, if you want to share your. Um, yeah. So I was in, I was in college and I was like, I didn't develop the, the like 
executive function or like take care of yourself type skills that you should have developed at that point. Mm -hmm. And I was like staying up till four o'clock in the morning and going to class at like 8 a.m. regularly. And it just kind of already, all of it spiraled out of control until I went to the hospital. I was given a diagnosis of uh, bipolar type one disorder because I had had a manic episode. And then that that same cycle kind of happened one more time in college before I sort of really learned from it and corrected itself and um now i'm just like super hyper aware of all the stuff that goes into that right like we overcorrect like i i've been tracking how many hours i sleep every night for like probably two or three years now in my phone it's like the first thing i do when i wake up it's like did you get enough sleep have you been getting enough sleep this week etc etc so that's so interesting that that would be like a a marker that you like the sleep stuff like how something so simple yeah it's like it's always the first to go for me like the first like the canary in the coal mine right like the first warning shot is like okay if you're not sleeping enough you're not getting enough sleep you're going to start to have like distorted thoughts and you're going to start kind of slipping out of control so that's like it's very helpful like i don't know if you guys have things with managing like your own mental health like that you look at as like the canary in the coal mine or like the first thing that you um notice is like a red flag about you starting to like lose control a little bit i don't know if you have anything like that in your experience i'm trying to think i think for me it might just be like my media exposure um it would like how much like blue light i'm get like how much i'm on a screen because i can really trap myself into um not participating in the real world basically like I'll be on my phone all the time. I'll be watching TV all the time. I just like numb real life. And then um, like sometimes it'll pop up in work um, depending on how like I'm treating others that day. And I'm just like, have I been on my phone like the majority of the time? You know, have I, you know, did I sleep well last night? Yeah, it would be a big one. But most of the time it's like, have I just been not participating in the real world and not being like, I don't know, just being present, I guess. Um, that's a big one for me because I realize every time I start to, you know, turn my phone off for the day or something like that, um, I am such a better person. Like I just am nicer. I'm kinder. I'm way more patient. I'm, I feel like more myself when I am disconnected from media, which I definitely think I'm addicted to. I think everybody is. Um, so it's, oh, yeah. that's like a hard one that you can't really get away from, but Especially I guess now. Yeah, that would be my killer, though. Like, that would be the number one thing that I, like, check myself with. Yeah, like Mike was saying, especially now, like, I've actually made a rule for myself that I'm only going to check the news, like, once or maybe twice a day these days until, like, further notice. Because it's, like, it's too much. You go down these rabbit holes too, right? Like you just start scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and you just like, Mm -hmm. it's like a car wreck you can't look away from, you know? Yeah, it's like one horror story and then you're like, wait, how they get it? Like, or whatever. And it's like crazy. Um, And I just realized that too, that I had to stop. I just, without even knowing that I did it, I stopped listening to my daily news. Like I would wake up and when I'm getting ready, I usually listen to a podcast that like, just kind of lays down everything that's happened in the world for like 15, 20 minutes. So I just stopped listening to that. And then I'll listen at, I'll go on like YouTube at night and listen to things like David Muir or something like that. Like what you missed today in, you know, the coronavirus life. Sure. And that's what I watch and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, 
like I I was talking to my dad um, on the phone um, a couple of weeks ago, like when this first was all like coming about. And um, I specifically, I, I know me and Bowen have talked about this. I You probably have seen the video at this point, Stephanie, uh, the video of like Bill Gates discussing that the next. Oh, yeah like huge thing that would kill people is is a virus mm -hmm. um and so i like started to tell my dad this and he literally was like please don't yeah <laughs> like just please don't yeah like it's here now so like let's just that's how i'm at with like some of my friends here they'll send me articles like you can maybe get it in the air and i'm like i don't need to hear that i i don't care like I'm yeah i will so I got to plug, I got to plug something guys. Maybe you've seen this on YouTube though. Um, you guys know John Krasinski, the guy from the office. Yeah. Uh, so he has a show that he's starting now. There's only two episodes out on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to tell about it? Uh, some good news, some good news, right? He just kind of just gets good news for people. He just, yeah. and then reports yeah. good news on YouTube. Yeah. Instead of like what we get, which is what has become the news cycle, which is like a contest to see who can have the fucking most like upsetting headline to like, like stress people out. Yeah. Like he has stuff that is like specifically designed to like pick and choose only the things that are like feel good, good news stories yeah. to have like the opposite effect. Yeah. He's awesome. I love that. He guy. Is. Yeah. I think he had Steve Carell on the other day. It was awesome. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, did. yeah, he had yeah. Steve Carell come on for, for an episode. That was so funny. Yeah, my best friends. So, Stephanie, what what were what have been some of the struggles that you've gone through with with mental health? Um, if you, if you want to talk about yeah. those, obviously. Yeah. So I when I talk about like when I first um, struggled with anxiety, um, it I can date it back to maybe this was just my first panic attack, um, but it, I guess it was the first time it really came to light to me that I had a, like an issue with anxiety. Uh, was when I studied abroad in 2016, I was having a lot of irrational thoughts. Like when I got there, um, I don't know what it was, but I started thinking I would never see my parents again. Um, I had a full on meltdown in um, Prague, which is where I was in like a bathroom of like a random bar. And it was like the most lonely, isolating feeling. And like I said, like I, I knew it was not right like I knew it wasn't normal wasn't rational because it was irrational thoughts like there's a lot of built-up stuff that I just hadn't processed from home that I took with me and you know I was worried about you know my mom and my dad and how they would do and it was like very irrational it was like I might not, not ever see them again kind of thoughts um but that was like my first panic attack I would say and but I can now when I think back of it, I can think back to my anxiety as a child and like how I didn't even know that was anxiety. Um, you know, I still have like a fear of like, like a hardcore fear of people breaking in and stuff like that. And it's like, anyways, I've had anxiety for more than I even knew that I had. And so the more that it's been brought to light, I guess, I think the first couple of years that you know you have anxiety, you're hyper aware of like every time that you're having like a symptom or a certain feeling and you get really sensitive over it. And you're like, why am I feeling like this? And then you go down this spiral and rabbit hole. And with me, a lot of it had to do with work stress. Um, and a lot of, a lot of it has to do with like family stress and just, um, and 
like health and wellness and stuff like that. A uh, big one for me was like binge eating. Um, I struggled a lot with that. I didn't even know that that was a eating disorder until a couple years ago. Um, not even like just a year ago, <laughs> um, actually to this month is when I stopped like dieting for good because I realized it just wasn't good for my mental health and all the anxiety that came with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so through anxiety, I've struggled with eating disorder issues and just like body awareness, dysmorphia, but anxiety just comes creeps up in certain ways for me that is debilitating where I, I, you know, anxiety and depression run together and it's hard to kind of figure out which one is causing which. Um, and so whenever I do experience those symptoms, I experience them together and I totally shut down. Um, like I, like I said, I don't participate in life more than I have to when I am experiencing those symptoms because I'm just like in bed. Right. Yeah. Right. One of the things that you talked about that I really love actually, um, and it's something that like, so when I got diagnosed, this was going on, uh, close to three years ago now. Um, but it was almost kind of one of those things that like, after I was diagnosed and like started like reviewing, um, some of the criteria that I had to meet, um, and like really analyzing certain life situations, like you're talking about from like when you're a kid yeah, and under this new microscope of like, well, was there something else wrong? You yeah. know? Um, like when I was, when I was really young, um, I was like notorious for having like temper tantrums. Yeah. Um, and like, just like a ton of rage and stuff. And so for like the longest time and, you know, even growing into adulthood and I'm, I'm fortunate, honestly, that this happened so early on, um, so that I could better understand it. Cause for my whole life, I thought I'm just an angry person. Because that's what everybody's told me, you know, like, oh, well, you're, you get angry. You, well, you just get really angry. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not who I want to be known as. That's not who I am, though, you yeah. know? Um, like you're constantly fighting so, with yourself. Right. But, it, but it's like so interesting because, like you said, you know, you, I have a tendency, especially uh, with borderline, to um, detach from reality, kind of like, you were talking about, you know, yeah. how, how you use the TV or, or your phone. Um, a lot of the times though, I'll, I could be in the middle of a conversation with somebody that's not happening right now. <laughs> I could be in the middle of a conversation with somebody or doing the dishes or something and I'll be doing just fine. Yeah. But I'll be thinking about something totally different. Yeah. Um, I'll be thinking about like something that I thought I did wrong back in high school or, you know, like I um, might've mistreated somebody at like a certain point in time and like how I wish I had done it differently or a lot of the time negative. That's a lot of my anxiety kind of talk too. Yeah. Okay. So like, what what were you thinking a couple hours, a couple hours ago or something like that? It's like, you are not a good person because you did that kind of stuff. But like the funny thing to me now is, is that I can kind of sit here this at least, um, you know, especially with like the stuff when I was like a kid and and everything like that, I can kind of compartmentalize that because I can kind of be like, you know, was it really Mike's fault? Yeah, right. <laughs> was it really the eight-year-old boy's fault that yeah. like his brain couldn't focus? 
and that nobody could diagnose him properly because he wasn't old enough to be properly diagnosed. Right. You know, so, so all these times, you know, um, I, I, and that's something I kind of have become a pretty big advocate for, um, is like ensuring that like, not to, not to accuse somebody all the time. Like don't, you know, not if, if you're becoming upset by something, somebody's saying not to say like, Hey, you're, you're making, you're pissing me off, you know? Cause it's not, it's not them pissing you off. It's what they're saying is making yeah. you, is making, is, you know, pulling yeah. some emotion out of you. Yeah. And that's what you're upset about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it's, I really like the fact that like you touched base on that. You kind of almost got a little bit of closure in some of your childhood experiences. Yeah, definitely. Because of what you know now. Yeah. I mean, um, just knowing, I was just honestly thinking about this for like the past week that you presented this idea of coming on here. And I was like thinking about my anxiety and like when it started. And that's like when I started really, yeah, like you said, that's a good word closure. Um, because when you don't understand why you were the way you were like, or are the way you are, I mean, it's confusing. Yeah. It's very confusing. And, um, cause I was very, I guess the word would be anxious child, but I just thought like, oh, I get, I don't like to be alone. I don't like to, like, I have to be the last, I have to be the first one to fall asleep or, you know, I'm going to be up all night listening for sounds. Like that was like something that I did as a kid. And I yeah. still do when I get <laughs> scared, <laughs> like weird, irrational things. Um, But, you know, it's just, like you said, it's a lot, it's, very peaceful in a lack of better terms to know why you were or exhibited such behaviors when you were a child. Um, And then you can kind of see how far you actually have come because now that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I rarely do that anymore. I did that last night a little bit because we watched a scary show. Oh, geez. The hunters on Amazon prime. It's very, is this explicit? Cause it's fucked up. That show is, is oh it's yeah, we're explicit. Oh yeah, drop, <laughs> drop it. It is oh. fucked up. You should watch really? that show. It's about Nazis, right? It's about them hunting Nazis it's after like modern day Nazis. Like it took me a while to figure out. I didn't really read the summary or the plot beforehand. We just started watching it. Yeah. And I was like, shit, like that is fucked up. Like, <laughs> I, we were looking at each other like, oh, <laughs> what did we get into? yeah it's like the production is amazing the direction the production the the way there's they some big names oh yeah there's um al pacino's in there yep. and uh, the guy from ted from how i met your mother is one of the guys in there oh yeah 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 oh, yeah i can't i don't know his name but in jordan peele he's the producer and i'm like anything jordan peele does is it's fantastic. fantastic like it's just like the direction, the production is just going to yeah. have you on the edge of your seat the whole time. But yeah, so we watched that and like, I got a little nervous or whatever, but like, like it's nothing near. It's just funny to know, like you really are born with these, um, you know, I took psychology as like my undergrad. So I kind of like have some terminology knowledge, like Ooh. yours. It's not sense. It's like you <laughs> none of our show is extensive knowledge. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Like I'm just, I, I, I'm just saying, like I'm trying to think of the right word that I should know. Is I think it's um like we all have different levels of resistance and sensitivity, and so like or you have a threshold. So like 
for example, I could only take so much anxiety, then, you know, a different person can only take so much of this. And then once it reaches over that meter, then you're just done. Like, and so, um, and so like you're born with those thresholds. So whatever, like your schema, like your interactions, like your um, childhood, basically, um, whatever happens during that time, it's just, it shapes around those thresholds. And it's not really anything that you can resist. And I think that's good to know. For sure. I, um, I definitely know that, um, you know, obviously like growing up now and being able to, to think on everything and, and the other thing too, that's like really difficult. This is, I think like one of the things that I always would want to try to put across to anybody probably within the age range of like 14 to 20 yeah. that, you know, are, are going through some issues is that like, like slow down because you just, it, it's, you can't create the complex thought yet. Yeah. And I know that might sound like a little, like me talking down, but it's not, it's just yeah. the reality of the situation in that yeah. you'll have more life experiences and you'll be able to go, wow. All right. So in this situation, it went really well and it went how I wanted it to, but in all these other situations, it went really, really sour. So yeah. like, what, you know, like where, where's that gap that I got to find? Right. Um, I think that's interesting that you said that, like the not having those complex thoughts. Cause it's like, I'm a nanny and I work with kids and I've worked, um, I've also worked with like adults with disabilities, as you know, and like, we both know like their ability to, they're kind of similar in a sense, like their ability to process, um, things as they are is difficult. Yeah. And I have to remind myself every day that the shit that I did when I was seven was probably fucking nuts. Like the I'm, same thing. I was the worst. Like I know yeah. I was the worst. And here I am getting upset and I, I don't understand why they don't understand. And right. it's so interesting. It's like I don't wish, you know, being a parent when you don't really have to be <laughs> being a nanny for on anyone. Um <laughs> but it does teach you a lot about kids and gets you ready for that because man yeah you're right like they really d they only see things in one path and that's it and and I think you know as sad as this sounds um I think that social media kind of creates that I think a little bit too that like this one path of like looking really fit and like doing really fun and exciting things and you know, like ensuring that like you have a bunch of friends and a bunch of likes, like that's the pathway to a successful and happy life. And I, I definitely fell into that for a long time. I still am like that. I, I, I the only reason I got out of it yeah, uh, is literally because it made me feel so bad one day. Yeah. It, it made me feel bad enough to make me not want to come back. Right. Um, and the only reason that I have at this point is is for the show yeah. um, and for like family members. I, I really don't use it. I can't use it as a platform too much anymore. Well, it's unrealistic, right? Like, yeah, that's not how life actually works for people. What you're right. seeing. That picture you see was 800 different pictures before that of it being yeah. really shitty. And yeah. you didn't see like all the backstage elements, right? You didn't see all the stuff that happened in the wings that they're not broadcasting because right. they're, that doesn't make the highlight reel of, of their life. Right. Like you don't see me screaming at my dog for 
<laughs> right before that super my cute picture. <laughs> right before I take the cutest darn picture of my life. But he is a good model. I'll give him that. But yeah, like there, it really is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. It's just like a highlight reel. I really enjoy, I think the best thing you can do with media though is do a detox, like just unfollow everybody that makes you feel unworthy or that even if it hurts, like if you, even if they're your friend and you're like looking at their pictures and you're like, damn, like I wish I could do that or damn, I wish I like was that social or whatever, unfollow them because like you're not that social and that's okay. Like, you know what I mean? And I've struggled with that because like, I'm such an introvert. I'm such a homebody. And when I see all these people doing <laughs> and all this kind of stuff, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> and so I just have to block it out. So I don't even get that way. One of the things I tried to start doing, um, and I think you touched base on this a little bit about mindfulness at the beginning of the show stuff. One thing that I try and do too is um, like, if I do see something that's like upsetting to me like that, or, um, uh, I'm trying to think of, I can't think of another example. I try and like spin my thoughts though, to be yeah. like excited for that person. Yeah, that's nice. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. right, like, I, like, obviously I'm pissed off and I'm jealous that they're yeah. doing whatever it is that they're doing. Cause I want to do it. Right. But then I try, I try to force myself to be like, well, that's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, or well, that's, well, that's dandy. Like- yeah, or even like if I want to make if that actually is something that I want to do too, like a vacation or something, like okay, instead of looking at this picture twenty times, why don't you sit down and make a budget? <laughs> yeah, start planning it. Start yeah. figuring something out. Do it. I I totally agree. I think a lot of times people set their own boundaries and barriers. But okay, so Stephanie, what are um? So you mentioned earlier that you go for a lot of walks. Um, that you've been doing like maybe like one grocery shop a week. So maybe like an errand a week or something like that. What are some of like the other things um, that you're doing to kind of keep yourself kind of busy bodied uh, during this time? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I talk to my friends a lot and I I almost think I make them worried for me because I'll be like, one day is, is like super amazing, right? Like the weather is nice. You go out for a walk, you're like, this will be over soon. Like, it's all good. People will get their help. And then there's other days where you just like, wow, this is like the world is going to hell. Like it's, it's, forever. it's shit. Like something's wrong. Um, so instead of getting into, um, like worrying about getting myself into like a good mood, I let myself like sit with the feelings it, instead of trying to actually fix them or numb them. Um, I've like noticed that I might be like numbing them a little too much by doing all the things and, um, like walks and physical activity and whatnot and focusing on that a little bit too much. I think the best thing that we can do, um, and what I try to, you know, alter my schedule to look like is have like productive tasks where we do something that we actually do want to get done like cleaning closet, cleaning car or something like that, that truly takes your mind off something. Um, and also like makes you better. Cause if we focus too much on like health and wellness while we're here and put too much expectations on ourselves, that can be a little bit too much, um, for like me to handle, especially when you see people doing all these like 10 push up challenges. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, I just try and let myself sit with my feelings and 
stick to tasks that can be productive rather than just blanketing over like mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. It's kind of like working through the feeling. Like if you're feeling fidgety because you can't go anywhere, well, how about organizing or something like that? And just keep doing stuff like that. But, you know, take your breaks, like watch your TV. Who says you can't like binge the whole Netflix, you know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. One of, uh, one of the things that Bolin and me really talked about, Bolin actually hit it home probably more than I did um, on the, the first episode of this miniseries we're trying out, um, mm-hmm. was making a schedule for yourself during this time. Yeah. Um, in that you have, like you said, you have things and ideas of things that you'd like to do, but it's not set in stone. Right. So, you know, if that two o'clock rolls around and you haven't gotten to that I, washing your eggs, I don't, whatever, <laughs> you know, you haven't gotten to that. Yeah. That's okay. Go ahead, sit down, take a break. Yeah. Like I, no one's going to sue you. Right. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. The egg, the egg people. <laughs> yeah, the egg people might. And... Yeah, I read a list like in my phone um, with like the, you could, there's like that new note feature where you can like check it off. And mm-hmm. I, I do that. And then sometimes I realize I haven't looked at it all day, but at least like I do it in the morning and just like kind of have a little bit of an idea. Um, I've kind of leaned off too much of a structure because really like during this time, I think we should just kind of like go off our emotions rather than product, like being, like you said, like not always doing something just because you wrote it down, but like acknowledging your feelings and like, there's just so many emotions that come up right now. It's yeah. hard to, like, stick to a schedule for me. All my friends have told me to, like, do a schedule or whatever. There is so no... I, I have I don't... a general idea of what I want to do, but, yeah. Like, I'm not going to be like, what o'clock is watercolor painting? And 2 o'clock is Netflix, and then 3 o'clock is this. Like... Watercolor <laughs> was at 11.30. What'd you say? You're Water, late. What? Watercolor was at 11.30. You're well, late. damn it. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I agree, though. Yeah, no, because you're totally right. And the thing is, is nobody knows what the hell's going on anywhere. You can ask anybody. Nobody's got a schedule they can follow. Right. Nobody. Right. And, um, you know, you have to factor in, too, like, keeping in touch with your loved ones. Like, you don't know when they're going to be available for a phone call, and you don't know when you're going to talk to them again. So, like, right. if anybody calls me, like, I answer. Like, and then I don't do anything for another hour. Because it's like that's important to me, like right yeah. now, not being productive all the time. Right. Um, <clears throat> so Stephanie, I guess uh, we won't keep you on too much longer. I know that I said it was like going to be forty-five minutes to an hour. We're almost at forty-five minutes, honestly. Um, and I like to always end these shows with like a, a nice quote, um, which I'm going to have Bowen look up today. Um, <laughs> so Bowen will look up that inspirational quote. But I think one last thing I'd really like to. Actually, there's two two last things. Two last things, two last things I'd like to get out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being, Steph, if you could go back um, and you could give yourself any information that you know now, back when you started having these anxiety attacks, yeah. um, what what would that be? Like, what would that sound like? I guess um, the advice I would give myself and what I practice every day is letting myself is like the true practice of meditation, I guess, in real life. Um, knowing that your feelings are validated. Um, I know I used to think that those feelings were messed up. Like, you know, they're not normal because not normal people, you know, normal people don't go through this. So I'm not normal. 
Well, it turns out when you do the research, you learn how many people suffer with this. And um, when you learn about the reasons for your anxieties, then it's easier to validate them. So I guess I would just tell myself, you know, my younger self to look for the source, validate, acknowledge, and then move on with your day. Because that's, yeah, accept it and know like, okay, that sucked. I didn't really like how that person spoke to me or I spoke to that person and and I regret that. And now I'm going to be thinking about it all night and, oh my gosh. And, you know, you can keep going and get into that cycle or you could just say like, yeah, that sucks. Um, Next time, I don't know. Like I will probably just take a breath after that and then carry on with my task because it really did upset my whole day. Like just have like an hour or 20 minutes or whatever it was meeting that really upset you it doesn't have to affect your whole day I think I realized with my work is like I was complaining about it for like a half an hour like in half an hour spurts every time I came home I'd be like and then this pissed me off too and like then I would keep going and I'm like am I really letting this one person ruin like just your my, day yeah my entire night like I already give them nine hours a day yeah, they don't need any more. They don't need any more. And don't I need, need you know, and if that comes off as me not caring about, you know, the child or the person that I was taking care of that day, like, sorry, yep. I'm an yeah. adult, I'm a human, and that's just life. And I think it's just like you said, acknowledging, accepting, and then doing something that you like to do, like getting outside for me. But yeah, just acknowledging the feeling accepting it and validating it validating is the key though because yeah. that that could hold you back from feeling like like you're justified right yeah like giving yourself a permission to adapt like a less apologetic demeanor all yeah. the time exactly you know, just be like hey actually like i think what i think i do what i do I, i've done yeah. what i've done and i'm not gonna spend too much time apologizing for it if it's not warranted you know yeah and also like they're gonna think what they're gonna think and i can't control that i'm never gonna know what's going on in their head i there's two two things i think of um when you after what you all what you guys just talked about um the first one is something my mom had told me a long time ago i was really upset because like i had this group of friends that like kind of like cut cut me out of the group and i was Mm -hmm. always like super upset about it um and like I want to say it was like maybe even two years ago. It was from high school. And like two years ago, I like brought it up to my mom. And my mom was like, do you think they think about you? And like she said this in like such a way that like probably doesn't sound as like rude as I I just sounded. But like she's like, do you think like that they still think about this situation? Or are you wasting your time thinking about it? Exactly. Like, are you actually mad at them? Or are you mad at yourself for still worrying about it? Yeah. Um, and so that was like a really big one uh, that that hit home for a lot of spots for me. And then uh, another thing that I really liked um, is um, you're more than just your feelings. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if your emotion is I'm real pissed off that Bill ate my goddamn fucking egg roll. Well, Bill. you can be yeah. mad about it, but like you, that doesn't mean that you have to be like an angry person. You don't have to like you can just be like yeah i was pretty pissed off at bill for doing some stupid shit like that like eating my fucking girl yeah yep and like 
whatever they do. Yeah, like you said, you can't control. Do you think right. that they care that they pissed you off or whatever? Like, do you think that they, yeah, I think that hits home for me too in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's a good one. Like for me, like when I leave my work, I, I'm like, they're not thinking about me right now. They're not. They're so, gone. They're, they're not. Gone. They're like doing important life shit. And maybe I should be doing important life shit and being an adult. <laughs> but like in a nice way. Not right. in a serious way. So the last thing I want to get from you, Stephanie, is something we've been asking everybody. Um, we are going to share a song. You're going to share with us one song. It means a lot to you, especially like right now during everything. One song that like you can always go to that you really enjoy listening to. Um, you kind of fall back on song. I really love Billy Joel. Um, okay. Who doesn't love Billy Joel? Do you not love like Billy Joel? Come on. Who doesn't love Billy Joel? I was going to say. Um, Wait, he's, like, he's Piano Man, right? He's, that's Billy Joel. Yes, he's Piano Man. Oh, um, I think yeah. a song that puts me in my feels. I'm trying to find one like that. I love the song Yellow by Coldplay. Um, that's a great song. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of music, but I would have to say my go-tos, um, not currently, but I always, always love Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I love anything that he does. Like his older stuff is really musical miracle and really puts me at peace. Um, but for my go-to feel song would be Yellow by Coldplay. It, like, it just lets me feel my feels. And, you know, after you listen to that and you tear up a little bit, you're like, all right. Let's get this shit done. Coldplay did it. I can do it. <laughs> if Coldplay can do it, I can do it too. Yeah, that's my song. I always go back to that one. I think I wrote a paper on that song in college. Like, it's just it's like the ultimate buildup. Like, it it, it's great. Yeah, it is. That and uh, Fix You. I really like Fix You. Fix You, yeah. That's a good one. Um, Bolin, what was your song? Oh, just now I came up with, uh, it was between, see, now that we've done these, I'm afraid that I'm going to look like I only listen to the same songs if I pick one off the top of my head. So I'm going to have to listen to our old episodes and make sure that I'm keeping a list of what I've already said. But for today, I'm going to do Lights by Journey, or I'm going to do Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas. You haven't done either one of those. Huh? Neither one of those. Well, that's good, because now I've done both. Because now they're both not. <laughs> um they're both lights is like you know you get home at the end of your work day and like you can just let go of it all and it's just you need you need some time to just let the lights go down you know and then uh carry on wayward son there's this line from carry on wayward son uh that i always think of whenever like there's chaos around me which yeah. is the part where he's like once I rose about the noise and confusion, I just feel like some, I think of that like several times a day when like yeah. things are hectic at work or whatever. And I just like hear that part of the song and I, I feel better. So, yeah. What about you, Mike? So I, um, I landed on, I was listening to my, my feels playlist today and I landed on a song called uh, the funeral by band of horses. Yeah. That was a, uh, that's actually a really good song. It was used in an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Bring it full circle right back to Ted Mosby. Yes. That's a good one. There we go. But your happy song that makes you feel, that makes you feel Oh, a happy song. Oh. um, uh, Talk to Me by Run the Jewels. 
Hell yeah. yeah. That's mine too. I'm also from that one. <laughs> the classic um, Steady, that song. I always, I feel like you introduced me to that song. Who's that by? Steady She Goes. No, uh, Giant Panda, Gorilla, whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Didn't you introduce me to that song? I, I most definitely did so long ago. Yeah, it was like yeah. really, like five years ago. It's such a good song. And it's like, yeah, it's okay. Good song. I'm good. Oh, man, go listen to that. Thank you so much for bringing that back to my attention. And, and, uh, they're Rochester, too. so. Yeah, and they're Rochester. And they're not coming to the Lilac this year. So nobody's coming <laughs> anywhere. To- Maybe they'll do a live stream concert. Yeah. But they're good. I like that song. That's like an oldie one. Yeah, it is. A lot of jazzy stuff. That makes me feel good for right now. Beyond by Leon Bridges. It's really good. Ooh, um, Another feel-good jazzy. I uh, I can't remember. There was one other song that always makes me puts a little smile. Oh, Broccoli. <laughs> Broccoli. <laughs> always puts by Dram, right? That's his name. Yeah, the baby Dram. Smile on my... Eh, no, it- tell it what I'm feeling. Well, I think that's gonna about sum it up for us today. Bullman hit us, hit me so hard that you knock my quote socks off. All right, I'm taking, I'm taking aim right at the center mass right now. Here we go. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Ooh. Wow. I like that one. Right now, it's a good one. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, it's gonna make this man. This one's gonna make me forced to uh, kind of take like an hour after this and like de- decompress. <laughs> I have a lot of emotions to like go over right now. Right, like <laughs> it's a good one for right now because it's like we can't control anything but ourselves, exactly. and we just gotta like we are our biggest enemy right now. Like we have to choose to be positive every day. Well. That's all the time we got for today. Stephanie, thank you so, so much for stopping by the office. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, This has been another episode of Mysteries in the Mind with Mike and Bolin. I've been your host, Mike. And I've been your host, Bolin. Thanks for stopping by the office. <laughs> <laughs>